ready. Hit it. Ready to cut through the BS? And here's some ways to drive your business forward today. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, Y'all know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and as always, I'm so happy to have you back here for another week of Biz Sprints to make sure we are getting your week kicked off started so we are driving you towards success. This week, we are jumping into one of uh, very, I almost say kind of controversial subjects, which is talking about the idea of a work-life balance. You know, depending on who you talk to, the idea of this even existing can be uh, totally skewed one way or another. Uh, some people believe there is no such thing as a work-life balance. That there, you know, the idea even when we're talking about the words of business and personal cannot come together in the same sentence. And then there's others who believe this is very, very true. Like if you, this is something, if you work hard and you pay attention to your schedule, you can absolutely create this. Uh, and then there's even, and then a, maybe even a third subject of this where they believe the work-life balance comes in specific moments in time, but you know, throughout it, you know, it really, you kind of have to give and take and it kind of migrates here and there. So I wanted to talk about this subject and really kind of talk about what makes up the idea of the work-life balance and how do we maybe create that inside of our personal worlds and organizations today. So getting into this one, I really wanted to jump immediately into this amazing article I found this week um, that I think a lot of you guys are going to be so excited to maybe get a chance to read through. This came out on uh, February 25th, 2016. So it's a brand new article from when I'm recording this podcast, uh, which is Rethinking the Work-Life Equation by Susan Dominus. Uh, this is from the New York Times Magazine. And when I found this article, I will admit, I got so excited. Um, I I've seen so many pieces where they're talking about, oh, if you just keep a calendar and you, you know, make sure you carve out time for your family, you can eventually create this amazing balance. Or, you know, if you create to-do lists that you can somehow get through your workday even faster. And, you know, all these are great ideas. I'm, I'm a personally a calendar guy myself. I, I try to keep my calendar up to date as much as possible. But in this article, um, they focused in on actually a research study that was done over uh, by Phyllis Moen and then Aaron Kelly. Uh, actually, one uh, Phyllis Moen's over at University of Minnesota, Aaron Kelly with uh, now MIT. And they rethought the idea of work-life balance in a new fashion. And Again, like I said, please make sure you read through this thing because I, I really am not gonna I'm not gonna read through this whole thing because it's a pretty long article. But the focus of this here was rather than actually trying to create this system or these ideas of how do we help the employee create an environment of a work-life balance instead, what if we work with the business and employees to actually create an environment that will allow for it? And this is what they did. So they worked with multiple companies here, one of them being Best Buy, another one actually that was preferred to kept, uh, be kept anonymous. And in them, what they did was is they, they worked with these organizations to kind of create a new way of how to get the business done and how to get our work done and how to manage our employees. So they, of course, 
being researchers, had a control group who stayed doing the same old, you know, schedule where the manager figured out and decided on, you know, how much flexibility am I going to give my staff? And, you know, and of course, you know, being a manager, you know, the more I see you, the more work is actually being done. And the second team was actually given the ability to say, listen, you're going to determine your schedule. You can work wherever and whenever you want, as long as your projects are being done on time and at high quality. Beyond that, the world's your oyster. And they worked closely with the managers to say, hey, listen, you need to continually work on helping draw out from your employees what's going on in their personal lives and making sure that you are you know, helping them achieve this great ability of be involved in that personal side you know, as long as your work is getting done, I'm cool with everything. And it was so cool to read through of how this actually ended up playing out to where this team, you know, the control team, of course, was just, you know, they just went through there every day. It was kind of normal business as normal. But this other team, they were still getting all of their work done on time and, uh, you know, at a very high quality. But what's even more fascinating is, is that at the end of this multi-year study they did, the likelihood of one of those people who are actually in this test environment thinking they needed to leave the organization because they were unhappy or for some other reason was almost nil. Um, where with the actual control team who was not in this environment where they could pick the time and place and how they wanted to work was still on a very high average that they were, you know, they were basically thinking like, how do I get out of this organization and move on to my next opportunity? Um, which is, you know, huge for an organization. Uh, I mean, as you guys know, if you listen to my podcast, I tell it, say all the time, I come from the call center world. In the call center world, turnover is everything. Uh, I, the amount of turnover that we've had to deal with, I've, I've personally, personally witnessed over the years, is just insane. And I can tell you the dollars and cents around any time you can cut down turnover in a business is huge. Because it's not has nothing to do with the productivity that you lose from the actual employee. What it has to do is with the productivity that you lose by injecting a new employee into that same environment. And when you have to bring them in and get them starting to do that work, you know, it's that whole idea of, okay, it's going to take me maybe three to six months to where I'm at the same productive status as the former person who is doing this role. And that time is just destroying innovation and ability to move forward this position and what the roles and what it looks like. So when I saw this idea, I was, I seriously, I, I literally wrote it down. I've been taking notes on this. I've actually uh, even reached out to them to get more information about the study they did because this is amazing. I mean, and it's so simple. I mean, just think about this. The idea of just changing the business mentality from, be in the office as much as possible because that's how we believe work is done because work is done in the office, right? It's the old school mentality. Um, I, I like to call it a lot of times the East Coast mentality, you know, because most East Coast business owners I've worked with, you know, they're like, they have a firm belief that if you're not in the office, you know, 20 hours a day, you're not working. Like that's, that's not how businesses are built. Businesses are built by people being in an office working hard. Um, the West Coast is a little bit different. They're more in tune with this kind of methodology of like, I don't care where you work and when you work, just get the work done. Um, and you see this a lot with engineering teams. You know, I, it's one of the things I, I really love about engineers that uh, software engineers specifically that, you know, they, you see them, they're, they're anywhere and everywhere. And yeah, and a lot of times these guys are working 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days. And it's because 
they need that kind of time maybe to get this project done because they, you know, they maybe signed up for too many story points this uh, this sprint or whatever. So really, it's a cool idea to think about in your business, right? This is like, how can we inject this idea of make sure you're paying attention to your family, make them priority number one, but then also make sure your your work is getting done at the same or greater quality and Make sure that you're getting it done on time or early, right? It's it's what us as managers and executives, it's what we really ask from our team, but it's asking it in a different fashion. It's asking it as family first, business second. Business still is a critical, but family is first. And really thinking through that through. I, I Again, I, I'm really getting excited when we think through this. Um Leaving this article is right, and to kind of summon that up, it's like I said, it's just, you know, so think about this in a new way. It's not that I need to allow my team to, you know, just, you know, make sure that they have this work-life balance by, you know, doing a firmly first policy or anything like that. No, it's just sometimes it's just asking the key question of like, hey, what's critical to you? What's important to you as a person? And how can we help adapt the business around you so you can accomplish that? Very cool new way of thinking. Uh, I'm really excited. And again, please make sure we get out to this article to look through this. One of the other things when we're talking about work-life balance, especially as entrepreneurs, um, I will tell you that idea of a perfect work-life balance comes and goes as we are growing our businesses. And and many entrepreneurs are not really ready for that. You know, it's it's funny. I I see so many entrepreneurs I start working with and I sit them down and like, especially when they're in startup mode, they're like, Mike, I'm loving life. It's, I found myself. And it's like, yeah, dude, you just started your business and your pre-revenue. Um, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and it's like, because when we first start our organization, it's all, you know, it's all this idea, you know, it's our vision and it's beautiful. And, you know, hopefully we have some money behind this business or things get stressful quick. Um, but you know, though we're spending maybe 16, 17, 18 hours a day on this business, it's ours and it, it feels great. It's once that business goes from that bootstrap startup, right, into actually being a business that we see that dynamical shift. We see that shift from where it's you in your bedroom recording a podcast um, to get you know to get a business you know on its legs from that into a large office complex that you're working now 12 14 16 hour days or you're sitting in the airport you know for days on end trying to get to and from clients and trying to get back home to see your kids and you're you know literally watching them grow up on FaceTime this it's a very very interesting time and so when I talk to my entrepreneurs, I explain to them, I say, guys, listen, startup mode is fantasy land. That is when the work-life balance is very skewed to feeling very, I'm in a personal world first and foremost. But quickly, it is actually going to skew back towards business taking up more time than personal and it really feeling that way. Um, this is why one of the things I like to tell my entrepreneurs is, is get ready for scale. At all times, right? Because you never know when scale is coming. You know, your business will take off when you least expect it. You'll be grinding and, and it's going to be in the weeds. And you, you might even be at a place where you're like, this thing's going to shut down any day now if I don't just get, you know, one or two more things to turn around. And then, bam, business takes off. 
all of a sudden, here we go. We're on the ride of a lifetime. I didn't just take on one deal. I took on 20 deals and now I'm figuring out how to deliver on all of them. Or I just, you know, I went from having an average sales, you know, from maybe, you know, 10 to 100 pieces a day. I'm now at 1,000 or 10,000 pieces a day. How do I keep up? That happens when you least possibly expect it. And it's always making sure you personally are ready for that to occur. And it's not even just so much about you being ready. It's more about your family, your friends, and your circles around you being ready for that. This is why when I start talking to entrepreneurs about scale, I tell them step number one is get your personal affairs in order and make sure everyone around you knows this is coming. Because I will tell you right now, when the cards are dealt to you and you know you got that winning hand and, you're st- and it's time to play it, this is when you need your family around you. Because when you start to scale your business, a 18-hour workday is every day. In reality, that's a short day. 24 hours is a real day. Seven days a week is a normal work week. That is what happens when our business scales. We are required to be in that business 24 7 365 until it hits that next plateau. Because the last thing you want to do is, is hit the plateau early and actually because you missed the plateau and you fell a little short. Because what's going to end up happening is when you see the business retraction, which happens just in case you're not aware, this happens with every growth pattern. You scale up, you come down a hair, and then you ride the plateau out. And then you scale up, you come down a little bit, and you ride a plateau out. That's how businesses scale in the real world. And to make sure you hit that plateau right, you got to go up high enough so you can have that little bit of decrease in your business and get to that plateau. Your family, though, needs to be there and having that hand on your shoulder. Because if they just see all of this time that you're spending as your business is a detraction from them and don't see the investment this is going to have into your ability to come back to them soon, you're going to be in a very awkward place. You're going to be in a very weird place to where you now feel like you're having to make decisions between your business and your family. And that is not a place as an entrepreneur, you really want to be. This is going to put you into a world where all of a sudden, like I said, you have to make hard decisions. You now have to look over your business. And let's say maybe you know you scaled up and now all of a sudden you went from just you or maybe you and a handful of people to having 100 people in your organization. And now your family's asking you to make a hard decision between them and these 100 people who their families depend on you and the decisions you make. Impossible times, impossible times, people. This is, this, again, this is, these are the reasons why, first and foremost, I tell my entrepreneurs, don't get caught with your pants down. Make sure your family is there to hold them up, right? I mean, it's your family and your friends and your inner circles are going to be those who can help make sure emotionally and physically you can do what you need to get done when it's time to scale your business. And that's why it's always critical to get them involved early on. When we are when we have that nice leisure time with them when we're first starting our business out or when we're on one of those plateaus, the rules I have are simple. You know, if you have, uh, you know, wife and kids, tell them you love them even more. Double it up. You know, tell them all the time. Give them hugs. Give them kisses. 
when you have a chance to spend time with them, put the phones and technology away. Be in the moment. Be there with them. Be a real, be present and make sure that they feel your presence when you're there. And always talk to them about it. Talk to them about the business. Talk about the, with them with what's going on. And remind them that at some point, this thing is going to take off again. And your tension is going to potentially have to be back on that business. But you will be back. You will be back and you will be present again. Um, it may be not as much uh, you know, as you know, when you're scaling. But you're never going to be fully gone. Number two is this plan time in advance. So what I mean by this is protect your family time at all costs. So many you know, managers, leaders have this horrible habit of not realizing that we have personal lives. And this is what that article I was just talking about is really talking about is this, you know, this old ideology that it's all business. You know, it's business life is the only life. And that is so inaccurate. You know, you want to burn through employees. You want to see your top talent walk out of your organization every single week. Yeah, just keep that mentality going in your business. And I'll, I'll tell you how that plays out. It's not good. You need to lead an organization and you need to be a leader who can always make sure your people can look and feel that you are caring about them and more than just them, the commitments they have outside of that, that office. Because... That is really what makes the differentiator between an okay leader and a great leader. Great leaders and great organizations always understand personal lives are reality and we need to pay attention to them. Number three. Number three is is making sure that you try to keep your family, friends, and inner circles involved while you're at scale. So just because we're scaling the organization, as I said, right, 18, 24 hour days, every day of the week, you know, it just, it happens. But there's ways and there's tricks to get your family and friends and inner circles involved while that's happening. These are fun times. These are exciting times. And just make them involved. You know, so if you have a product company, right, and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, here goes the next order. Be like, hey guys, listen, I'm buying pizza and beer at the warehouse. Come in. If you guys can help us out, it would allow us to finish this in half the time. And, you know, this way we can spend time together. You know, if you're a business services company, yeah, maybe they might not be able to do the actual services you do, but have, you know, maybe throw like a little like, you know, fan, uh, event at the office and be like, hey, we're having a mixer at the office. No one can leave. We're all working hard and killing ourselves here. But family and friends can come as well because, hey, we're all putting in insane hours, but let's make sure our family and friends are involved. They can get to know each other and help and support one another. That leads me to one of my other big pieces, which is the other piece of this is getting family members uh, and friends and inner circles of your business associates, your employees, your other fellow leaders, your partners, etc. Get them to know one another. Get them to actually start to intermingle. Because when you do that, you start to build a community. And that's what the real, you know, that's what a real business is about, is building a community. Because when you build a community in a business, it supports itself. It makes sure that at any time, if someone needs something, you're there for them. You know that if, hey, I got to put in an extra six hours to get my projects done, I'm actually going to call my boss's, uh, you know, I'm going to tell my wife to call my boss's wife and ask her to, you know, maybe pick up my kids because I'm not going to be able to get them. And you know they'll do it 
right? It's not even a question. It's not even hesitation on, ooh, it's my boss. Like, ah, it says wife. That feels so awkward. No, it's just, you know you should do that because you know it's available to you. That's one of the fringe benefits of working at this organization. That is a community. That is a community that works and that's a community that can also scale. Because when you build that, it's not just the fact that it's the owner or the manager, the executive or whatever. It's a business culture that is there to help support the business and the person and the family and the friends in the organization, right? It's everything. It's all encompassing. And that's the type of business you want to make sure you're building from day one. So this week, guys, the main thing I want to leave you with this week is, is, you know, when we're looking at our organizations, it's time to introspect. Are we paying attention to not just the employee, but also the commitments and the family of that employee? Are we ensuring that we are setting up the you know, policies and procedures and processes that are going to help not just extend the business's profitability, but the employee's profitability as a person as well? Because if we're not, what are we really building? If we're just building something to make money, that's nothing. That's, that's nothing no one wants to be a part of, especially millennials, just so, in case you're curious. Millennials have spoken. They want to feel that they're always part of something that's bigger than themselves. Money is not that. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, you know, I have seen what it is to make a lot of money. I, I mean, money that I could not believe I'm making in single paychecks. But guess what? At the end of the day, I ended up walking away from that money. And I ended up going to work for a startup business. Why? Because I no longer felt that I was being a part of something bigger than myself. I, I just, I was working towards a great paycheck, but that was it. There was no sense of community, no sense of, you know, greater missions and greater pride of what we were working towards. This is mission critical in our businesses. So again, this week, introspect, look at this. Are you doing something more than a paycheck? Are we just generating revenue or are we actually doing something that's pretty cool here? You know, are we, or are we just saying we're creating something cool here and really we're doing, you know, jack crap to actually do anything with it? You know, oh yeah, hey, I say that I'm giving back to all these foundations and yeah, it's, I'm writing a check for a thousand bucks. That's nothing. Like, what are we really doing here? What is the community we're building? What is those missions and goals of that community? The other piece too is, is look at when is the last time we involved the family? and the friends, and the inner circles of our employees, and really got and pushed and motivated them to get to know one another, to help support one another? You know, are we building tools and mechanisms to be able to really foster that type of culture in our organization? And if not, what can we do to do just that? Um, and, and along that policy, I'll tell you, some of the simplest things to do, which uh, I've done in the past, is just, is have mixers, man. You know, it's like, um, if your office is cool with drinking, like, you know, have, put, wheel in a keg of beer, invite everyone and be like, hey guys, listen, we, we got a keg of beer. We got some barbecue going on. Let's come in. Let's bring the family, bring the friends, bring anyone you want. Let's just all get to know another. Uh, if that's not your thing, that's cool too. Just, you know, have some barbecue um, or have some healthy food stuff. I, I don't care. Just offer the ability and chance for it to occur. If you build the foundation, people will come and stand upon it. And that is really all you need to do as a leader is just always build 
a place that people can come and do. Uh, it's, you know, like field of dream style, right? Build it and they will come. It's, it's such a true statement. You know, if you have a party, people will come. All they just need to know is the parties for everyone. And people will love to come and they will mix. and They will get to know another. Um, the other piece, which I said there too, is, is, you know, is really, you know, motivating people, but also giving them the tools to communicate on that uh, means, you know, with the other inner circles and other, the building with other people. One of the things I love to do was, is we stood up forums. So online, um, free services, right? It's uh, basically, we would just set up a message board and we're like, Hey, listen guys, if you need help from, you know, other employees, family members, or things just going on, that things are just getting wild out, or you just need some support pointers or whatever, you can pop on these boards anytime. It's behind a username and password. You have to be an active member of an employee or know an active member uh, of our staff and you get access to these forums. And they would come in and they'd be able to message anything. We didn't care what they set up. You know, we did have moderators just making sure things didn't get crazy. Uh, but in reality, it was, it was really there to make sure we were connecting the employees and the employees' families and really allowing them to have a tool to keep that connection going and be there for support mechanism for themselves. And it was amazing some of the things we'd see from this. Um, I will tell you, though, one of the best examples was actually not from an organization I worked with. Um, it was from Target Corporation. So one of my good friends worked for Target, and he exposed me into the boards, um, as they called it. And and he just showed me some of these things. And it was incredible. Similar to what we were doing in our organization, but at a whole other level. I mean, this was Target has taken it to this point of like, where employees will actually stay at Target Corporation because of the fear of losing access to, I think it's called Target Red, uh, I believe is what it's called. But it's, it's all of their forums. And it's like, that is their whole social network of themselves, their family. Like, it's everything. And it's such a cool place. And it's amazing to see what Target has built around this whole idea of, let's get family, helping families of our employees, and let's help all of them. Um, it's just creating a cool community. So guys, in summary, let's just focus on that, right? What is the community in which we're building in organizations? Pay attention to it, embrace it, get excited by it, and make sure it's something that is not just left at the employee level. Get the family, friends, and inner circles involved. Because when you get them involved, you will see a level of productivity from your staff that you never knew was capable. they are capable of doing. Because now they have the full support of their wives and maybe even more than that, right? It's like, hey, I, you know, I'll call my wife and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm trying to get this project done. I need to work, you know, probably another extra two, you know, one or two hours. And she's like, hey, don't worry about it. You know what? I'm going to take it to the next level. Me and the kids are going to come to the office. We're going to bring you dinner. You stay until you have to get that done. It's just, you know, it's like mind blowing. Like just imagine a wife saying that to her husband or a husband saying that to his wife. That's the kind of culture you want. And that's the kind of culture you need to be building in your organization because that's the kind of culture that allows you to scale faster than ever, higher than ever, and really make sure it stays sustainable. Because guess what? When an employee loves their business because they know it's taking care of them, those employees love their customers even more. And when a customer feels that love, they will always do more business with your organization. 
So guys, thank you again for another week of uh, BizSprints here on our podcast. I'm so excited to always have you back here. Please feel free to visit our website at bizsprints.com. Check out the links like I told you. And then also, please get out to our iTunes account and leave some ratings and reviews on this podcast. Always looking for your feedback on the ways I can improve this subjects and matters that you'd like for me to talk about. Uh, You know, if there's some questions you guys have or a topic you really would love for me to dive in and research on, please leave it on the website or leave it on iTunes and I will jump into it as soon as I possibly can. So thank you again. My name is Michael McMillan. I look forward to talking to you in another week of BizPrints. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to BizPrints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it. 